Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. All businesses started out with an idea and a dream. But the path to realizing that dream can be challenging. Think about it. Even the tech behemoth Apple had a hard time getting off the ground. Whatever the roadblocks are, intrepid entrepreneurs have the spirit and will to overcome them. Here in Nashville, the good news is that they don't have to face those roadblocks alone. Our city has an organizations that help entrepreneurs take their idea and shape it into a business. Later this hour, we'll talk with some of those groups to explore what entrepreneurship looks like now and in the future. But first, it's time for At Us. Each week, we take time to read the comments so you don't have to. Yes, I am encouraging you to literally at us on Twitter at This Is Nashville and on Instagram at This Is Nashville underscore WPLN. Joining me now with a look back at the past week is our digital lead, Anna Geigos Cannon. Hey, Anna. Hey, Khalil. Apologies for sounding a little bit stuffy on the air. Um, this air quality is not being kind to my sinuses, and I'm sure listeners also agree <laughs> yes 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 and i'm sure it's really bad for the people in, up up north in new york city oh, i can't even imagine mm-hmm. okay so let's get into it what have we heard from listeners this week well we received some feedback on twitter from the nashvillian yes okay so the nashvillian said that they were disappointed with our interview of outgoing president and ceo of the nashville convention and visitors corporation butch spirited they felt that we didn't push back on issues like the relationship between the state and metro government and how rapid growth outpaced the city's capacity they tweeted a bunch during that episode, but there was one tweet that we posed on air to Spiritin. It was, quote, while many people in Nashville, including myself, have benefited financially from Butch Spiritin's efforts, his work has been a double-edged sword. The growth that he has promoted hasn't raised all boats. What does Butch think about the problems created by our growth? Which he responded to. Yes, but the Nashvillian added, quote, the pedal to the metal growth philosophy starts with Butch. And that way of doing business has brought growth faster than the city could manage it. A desire to keep every hotel room rented and every honky talk packed looks like a cash grab for developers than growth for all. They also said, quote, there are times that call for a host to be less welcoming than you were in that interview, end quote. Okay. Now, we understand that not everyone is happy with the work that Butch Spiritin has done during his tenure. And we've invited many guests on this show to talk about some of those problems people in the city are facing due to rapid growth and development. In our in our exit interviews, we we talk with our guests about their careers and offer them an opportunity to reflect on their time here successes, and mistakes. Sometimes we don't have the time to address all of the topics we've planned, and sometimes we don't push back the way some listeners would like us to. The impact of development is still an issue here in the city, and we're going to keep talking about it on the show with people who have very different ideas about it. And that's also why we do segments like this one, Mm -hmm. so we can highlight the perspectives of our listeners. Like this tweet from David, who wrote, quote, 365 days of live music equals cover bands providing a backdrop for drinking. Nobody on Broadway is coming for anything other than a facade to get drunk to. Also, we have raised a hotel tax. 
Also, excuse me, we could have raised hotel taxes to help residents, regardless of the new stadium, but we didn't, end quote. In a similar vein, I received an email from Frank, who offered his perspective on, do- on downtown as a longtime resident. He wrote, quote, downtown has become what is known among Nashvillians as Pottersville. And for those who don't know, that's a reference to the infamous city of sin and vice that appears in the movie A Wonderful Life. Mm. Frank also added, quote, Broadway during the 70s was run down and dilapidated. But during the 90s, the events such as Dancing in the District on Thursdays at Riverfront and Summer Lights Festival were always such fun and something to look forward to downtown, not this quote-unquote runaway train that it is, it is now. I do not go downtown. It's not for Nashvillians. Yeah, that's something we hear from a lot of mm-hmm. people. Now, on Tuesday, we had a Citizen Nashville episode about what voters want from their next mayor. Did we hear any listeners on that topic? Yes, but I want to start out with this very sweet Twitter shout out from former uh, show guest and current youth coordinator at Conexión Américas, uh, Diana Morales. She wrote, quote, thank you, Landy, for all you do for our Latino families. Nashville loves you. Um, that was for Landy Spratt, who was one of our guests on the community panel. Yes, Landy and all of our other guests were great. Now, during that show, we received an email from Kelly who wrote, quote, I believe that a city's greatness can be judged on two things, and those are the very things that I would like to see our new mayor focus on, end quote. One is the welfare of citizens, and the second is animal welfare. Kelly adds, quote, Metro Nashville animal control has been struggling for years, and meanwhile, the situation isn't addressed. Nashville's mayors and the health department have historically turned a blind eye. I don't believe that we can ever rightfully accept being called in its city when our people and animals are suffering so much. Our success doesn't come from how many people we cram into our city, but instead what the quality of life is for those who already live here, end quote. Quality of life. I think that's a really good way of summing it up. Yes. So thank you for that email, Kelly. And later this month, we'll actually be hearing from some of the mayor candidates themselves directly about the quality of life for the next generation of Nashville residents. Yes, this is Nashville and WPLN are partnering with the Nashville Child and Youth Collaborative for a candidate forum focused on the issues impacting Nashville's young people. It'll be 5 p.m. on June 26th at the Honey Alexander Center. Anyone can submit questions or RSVP to attend at nashvillesfuture.org. I will actually share a link directly to that on our social media profile. So if anyone didn't catch the the web address earlier, you can keep an eye out for it there. Make sure you guys do that. And that is our digital lead, Anna Gallegos Cannon. Thank you for this roundup, Anna. Of course. And our listeners know where to find me online. Don't forget to add us on Twitter and Instagram and let's keep the comments coming. Also, fill out our community survey to let us know what topics you want us to cover at thisisnashville.org. It's super easy and quick and helps us produce shows with your needs and interests in mind. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about entrepreneurship in our city. Are you thinking of starting your own business? Join the conversation by tweeting us at thisisnashville. We'll be right back. Kaliole Colonna, and this is Nashville. 
people start their own businesses for all kinds of reasons. Maybe it's because they want financial freedom. Maybe they want to turn a passion into a career. Or perhaps they just want to be their own boss. Wouldn't that be nice? Whatever the reasoning, getting your own business off the ground can be tricky. And if you don't have the help, but for years, Nashville has been a fertile ground for new and developing businesses. And the ecosystem of business incubators is growing by the day. My next guests help folks learn how to become an entrepreneur. Shana Berkeley is the executive director of Corner to Corner, and Jane Allen is the CEO of the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. Shana, Jane, thank you for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yes. Hello. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. Because So let's start by learning a little bit more about your organizations. Jane, can you give a quick overview of some of the services at the Nashville that the Nashville Entrepreneur Center offers? Absolutely. The Nashville Entrepreneur Center is a nonprofit that was started over 12 years ago, and it's here to connect founders to the resources they need that increase their likelihood of success. And it can be founders throughout the life cycle from I've got an idea all the way through I've exited and now what do I do with my life? Hmm. <laughs> and so it really is. It's a front door that is welcoming and open to all of our founders in our community. And we also can help them know about other organizations like the amazing Corner to Corner and others here that serve in the entrepreneurial space. But then we actually have membership where they can work in a community of other founders. We also have a membership where they can get access to mentors and advisors. And then we also have programs and programs that help them where they are on their journey, be able to accelerate their growth from idea, I'm trying to figure out whether to quit my day job, which is our pre-flight program, up through our Project Healthcare, which is an industry specific program. Now, what do people who are first starting out need the most? Yeah, that's a great question, you know, because entrepreneurship is as varied as the people who do it. And so some just need someone to run the idea past and, and figure out, is this legit? Because in their heart, they really think it is. And so part of our pre-flight program is letting them know what are the economic opportunities and is this really a path that is right for you and your temperament and your disposition hmm. and your financial abilities and all of those things because it, you know, as someone who has been an entrepreneur and I would say is always going to be an entrepreneur, it, it, it's 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 a it's a hard road in a lot of ways, and so we want people to go in eyes wide open, and but it, again, it just really it depends. I mean, but a lot of times it really is someone to vet their idea or their solution with that has experience that can help them frame whether that's really a business. Mm -hmm. Now, Shana, how does Corner to Corner help entrepreneurs get started? Yes, well, we're happy to be here today. I'm Shana Berkeley, the executive director of Corner to Corner, a Nashville-based nonprofit where we help underestimated entrepreneurs plan, start, and grow their own small businesses. And what that looks like is we've helped over 900 black entrepreneurs um, in the last 
seven years. And last year alone, they put $21 million back into the neighborhood economy. So really an exciting program for a lot of our neighbors and our communities. And we really help them with the knowledge, tools, and networks. So we have a 10-week program um, where they are taught things like their customer, their mission, accounting principles, their break-even point, mm. uh, all of these practical things. I call us the elementary school of entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is not something you wake up and know. Just mm. like anything that we know as adults, we've learned either from being caught or taught. And so entrepreneurship is one of those things that we teach um, our entrepreneurs. And then once they graduate, we have about a two-year program that's really similar to college electives. They get to choose the classes that's best for them. So is it website building? Is it mentoring? Is it pro bono legal help? We make sure they have that package to be able to have a, a straight shot to success. Now, I understand that a large part of the mission at Corner to Corner is to see neighbors flourish. Yeah. So tell me, how does focusing on everyday people, these neighbors, how does that impact the larger community? Well, you know, most businesses are built in the shadows of these Nashville high-rises, and studies have repeatedly shown that the small business is a strong economic engine for our American economy. So we should not discount the the mom and pop shop, quote unquote, or the lifestyle or the small business owner in favor of Uber. You need all of them to make our economy work. And so it really is important that we see our neighbors, we see their passions, talents and drives, and we let the marketplace dictate what is next in our communities. And that could be really community centric. So it's good for Nashville, may not not be good for Atlanta. And so we really try to make sure that we look at the community and the neighbor to make sure it's really what we want to do in our Nashville community. About how many people have you all helped to date? Yeah, over 900. We just had a huge graduation on May the 16th. So shout out to everybody who came to our graduation. We had over 1,100 people at Rocket Town. Wow. Um, and we graduated 100 free. 103, excuse me, 153, that's the word, entrepreneurs um, in, on May the 16th. And so we have crossed that 900 mark. And in November, we'll have another class that starts here really soon. We'll cross the 1,000 graduate mark. So we're super excited about the work of our neighbors because we really are just conduits to helping them reach their business dreams. That's wonderful. Now, you know, some people might want to start a business, mm -hmm. but they work full time and they may feel like they don't have the energy or the time to get it going. Jane, how does the Entrepreneur Center, how does that help people in those circumstances? Sure. Um, and I do want to applaud Shana and Corner to Corner. It is a fabulous program. Thank you. <laughs> and we have we have been able to, I know I went back before the pandemic, work with Will yes. and then um, and others. It's just a fabulous program. And the work you do is really powerful. I appreciate it. And so I just want to applaud that. Um, and the fact that you're close to a thousand is, I mean, I just sit here and think I remember when, so that's powerful. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, but as far as the Entrepreneur Center, um, if somebody has a full-time job and is trying to figure out, that really is that pre-flight program. And it's a 12-week program. It's offered um, Monday evenings currently, and it's offered three times a year. And it really is to talk about, I would call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you know, can you afford to do this? What are different avenues that would enable you to be able to afford to quit your day job? And then if you're, if you can't, and then how can you do this 
and do it well to be able to get the information you need to make an educated decision about eventually leaving your day job, because that would be the goal for any founder is that one day I'm actually going to take a leap. And so we just believe in providing as much information and education and um, interaction with those who have done it and succeeded, including those who have done it and failed, mm -hmm. so that people can go in eyes wide open and make decisions that is best for them and their family and their community. Mm. Now, now, people from many backgrounds and communities are looking to get a business started. Mm -hmm. And that's just that's just as true for folks who are new to Nashville and the country. My next guest is here to help. I'd like to welcome Yuri Kunza of the Nashville Area Hispanic Chamber of Commerce to the show. Yuri, thanks for being with us and welcome back to This is Nashville. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, pleasure to have you. Now, I understand that the chamber works with businesses that have already been established, but what do you see that's unique to the Hispanic and Latino community when it comes to entrepreneurship? Uh, I think it's a, um, a, a perseverance, determination, um, somehow a stubbornness. Uh, no matter what, they're going to make uh, sure their uh, business, uh, uh, how they envision um a particular business, and we have seen all kinds of different, very creative, creativity is, is also a part of it. So I'll say that there's a lot of a great difference between um, someone that has been born in the United States, um, the chances for that person, of course, it takes a lot of work and, and definitely the support of organizations, uh, other organizations in, in, in Nashville help, but for an immigrant entrepreneur, um, there are a lot of challenges. And that's I myself. I moved to Nashville when I was 21 years old, and everything that I that I did, I had to start from from zero because I had no one. I mean, I it was starting from, from credit, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like zero history, and and sometimes that is not taken into consideration when when you think about um, the, the many challenges that certain other segments of our community face. In this case, I would say the Hispanic community. But I really have great appreciation, deep respect for the success stories that I had the chance to to encounter through the years. Now, you know, I, I know a lot of folks who have immigrated here have experience owning and running businesses back in their countries of origin. But, you know, tell me, what kind of things does an entrepreneur need to know about starting a business here in the U.S. versus another country? Well, there are there are there are rules. <laughs> that there are a lot of rules, and, and that's good, right? But that sometimes the realization how important it is to understand them and also to follow them could be a challenge that at some point can backfire. And that's a little bit of the role also that we do. We definitely have resource partners that we team up with in order to bring information. I think just having, um, providing or, or creating an opportunity where information can be acquired. Uh, it can be in English, it can be in Spanish. Uh, depending, we can do, we have done uh, bilingual sessions. That is key and vital. That's what the uh, aspiring entrepreneur in Nashville who is, let's say, let's say foreign born or, or, or Hispanic that, that is uh, uh, just learning about how to get around in the United States, but it has the determination and sometimes um, is ready uh, with, uh, with with the funds necessary to to get that business uh, going. Um, not necessarily from a loan because that's a challenge, as I said earlier. But 
Uh, sometimes it's their, their savings. It's, uh, it, sometimes it's the, the money from relatives and friends. But if they know the rules um, ahead, uh, I think they'll have an easier time. So that's that's uh, some of the, I guess, at some, sometimes we play that role. Now, if you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Kaliole Colonna. We're talking this hour about the ecosystem of entrepreneurship in our city with Yuri Kunza, Shana Berkeley, and Jane Allen. You can tweet us your comments at This Is Nashville. You know, I'm really curious about the city's role. Jane, what role has this... What has the city done to promote entrepreneurship? Well, originally, the Entrepreneur Center was born out of the Chamber of Commerce in that they found the need or saw the need, and quite frankly, before a lot of other cities did, to have a front door for entrepreneurship. And that was before my time. That's when I was out as a starving, struggling entrepreneur trying to make it. And But people at the Chamber and the city and the business community came together and created the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. I can speak since I've been here. We have partnered with the city on a few different instances. One was during the pandemic, where we worked with other community partners to be able to provide resources to help our local founders, those that could stay alive, and those some thrive, and then some to know how to even shut down without having to file bankruptcy or do something such as that. But thankfully, many actually... Um, were able to survive and some to thrive. And I know we worked with over 600 local founders during that period in partnership with the city and other community organizations. And then in the same time, it's just, um, you know, I do think they are looking at or they work with us on um, like right now we have a program that that preceded me called the navigation program. And that is who are all the community partners serving entrepreneurs and how can we make it um, easier for founders to find the right resource for them wherever they are on their journey and knowing who those other community partners are. And I know I have been talking with the, um, Latanya, who is the ECD for Metro, about how can we almost revive that and maybe update it mm-hmm. and, and have the community partners meet a, you know quarterly or something again, which is what was being done before the pandemic, so that we are able to um, make it easier for founders to find the resources they need where Wherever they might fit. So that's been my experience in working with Metro. Yuri, t- tell me a couple things. One, how many Hispanic-owned businesses are in the area? Well, we had a we had conducted a survey in partnership with the School of Business at TSU a few years ago, several years ago by now, and we uh, found uh, um, about fifteen hundred uh, Hispanic-owned businesses in the area. I estimate that's a little more by now. Um, and, and, and very diverse also in business. So our membership is of seven, 375 members at this point and growing. And we are uh, happy that it's a good trend uh, given that uh, the Hispanic population in Nashville is estimated at 10% of Nashville's population. I think also that's a little bit of undercount because we the the last census the census 2020 was during when the COVID year so it was really challenging to conduct the census. I mean, what I'm I'm interested in the kind of networking opportunities you all provide that you provide with the people you work with, Yuri. 
Well, and we are slowly uh, returning to to those opportunities, but most of it, what we, I think, we find the we find as a uh, valuable uh, resource for those members, those Hispanic-owned businesses, is our ability to connect them, connect them with um, other businesses. Uh, with opportunities, with funding opportunities, uh, with mentors uh, within the membership. We have a robust membership uh, for all these years, given that we are the oldest, longest running Hispanic Business Association in Tennessee. Um, we also are um, um, taking advantage of an opportunity at, at the mayor's office uh, to the National Small Business Recovery Fund. That's the office that Latania Channel is leading right now, where uh, a, a business, uh, if qualified, one that is within the Nashville and Davidson County area can have access to loans at 2%. And we have seen that content already in your show in the past. Now, Shana, you mentioned how important community is at mm -hmm. Corner to Corner. What type of connections have you seen? Well, we really love seeing how our neighbors can connect with one another. People who maybe have graduated from the program are supportive. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, we have a graduate. Her name is Yasmin. She has a Christian women's empowerment, and she has thousands of women into her network. One of our other graduates named Ashley Garth, she has a marketing program. She actually spoke at with the women in Yasmin's program because they need marketing, they need understanding of marketing, and they're both our business owners. I mean, this has happened to where there is a business that we work with called Imani Montessori School. We have a program called Script to Screen, a kids program. Imani is a fantastic Montessori school. And one of our graduates, which they knew each other before the academy, but it just also underscores the depth of that community, how that community is wide, that you kind of see people connecting overall. And really our branding here in Nashville is amazing because one of my staff, was in an Uber this morning, asked, hey, where are you going? He said, oh, I work for Corner to Corner. And she was like, I know Corner to Corner. I love Corner to Corner. Mm -hmm. And we, they started talking about entrepreneurship, how to get involved and things of that nature. So our networks are not just business networks, although those are very powerful. And we at Corner to Corner have a lot of connections and want to make sure that our neighbors have anything from grants to loans, but also just friendship and community. We have a thing called the Vandy Impact Fund. We work with Vanderbilt and some donors to give four of our entrepreneurs $25,000 loans um, at a way below market rate. And so these are kind of some of the things we want to do to make sure that our business owners have an opportunity to not only survive, but thrive in our national marketplaces. Now, we've all heard you all talk about each other, give each other very high Yay. praise. So that shows that these or you these organizations, you all are working in, in connection with each other. But how do does that the fact that all of these business incubators yourself yeah. the Nashville uh, Entrepreneur Center the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce how must how does that benefit the ecosystem for the city it's absolutely necessary because entrepreneurship and business owners are not a homogenous group. So they have different needs. They are at different places in their business. Some are moving here as transplants. Some are growing here. Um, and so they need different things. So it may be that you are an underestimated entrepreneur who says, I'm great at this thing. I'm great at maybe baking or I'm a, I'm a notary and I want to grow that business. We are the front door. But also the EC has particularly high expertise and, and Jane can 
give you all of them, but things like healthcare, things like tech, things like music. I mean, they are the go-to place for those type of businesses to be able to grow and thrive. And so they are necessary and a staple in our community. Um, Corner to Corner doesn't offer our program in Spanish. And so if anybody ever calls us, we get a lot of calls and Spanish is their primary language. We believe that that accessibility is absolutely necessary. And so for me to know people in that community, to be able to really shepherd them well is is necessary. So we don't see business as homogenous. There are some foundational things that we all kind of share, but there are places that people can plug in and grow exponentially. Now, now Jane, how does that really enrich the opportunities for business growth and development in the city? Sure. I mean, I agree with exactly what Shana said. And that's, I think, one of the things that you know, I've done is go out and see what are the resources that are really powerful and valuable to founders. It's all, it's what I would call a gap analysis and where are their needs for founders in our community. And, you know, as we look at it, so for example, we have a program called Twin Day for Black and Latinx founders. And that program now is to help those founders that have businesses and it's a B2B or B2G business, business to business or business to government business. And so again, it's helping them on their path to be able to know how to get in and work to get those contracts and have the things that they need to get those contracts. So it's, I, I call it a life cycle of entrepreneurship. And, and people are at various stages, exactly what Shana said. So our programs, we try to fit where there are actual needs versus duplicate. Too. And so I think as far as our business community, it's also a lot of our founders are bringing innovative solutions to our businesses and, and partnering with our local business community. So, you know, Shana mentioned healthcare. Our Project Healthcare is a really powerful program. But a lot of that is we bring in founders and work with them that really are driving innovative solutions in the healthcare space. And then, you know, they, we work with them through the program and help make connections for those that are able to provide the innovative solutions for our business community. So in my simple brain, which is very simple, it is connecting the entrepreneurial community with the business community so that we can help bring innovation and new ways of doing things to our local business community to help Nashville be the best place to start and grow a business, including grow the businesses that are here. Yuri, how does the Hispanic Chamber collaborate with or other organizations in town? Uh, we are pretty good to uh, at getting and uh, establishing uh, partnerships with different organizations. We have several in place uh, with the Black Chamber, with, uh, well, it used to be the LGBT Chamber, now, now it's the Missy Pride. We have one with, with the Entrepreneur Center. Actually, we have a desk out of the Entrepreneur Center. So we really yes, have great do. appreciation for the work. Yeah, thank you, Jane. And with what we do is, of course, since we are active, I think, and, and try to, to not to miss an opportunity to connect uh, because they can be an opportunity to engage. Um, then we see when is um, uh, mutually, mutually beneficial. And then we undertake, I don't think we hesitate in undertaking a joint effort in order to make Nashville a better place to live, work, and visit. Now, Jane, mm -hmm. what advice do you have for anyone sitting at home or in their car who may have the next great business idea? Oh, call us. <laughs> EC.co. Um, you know, I mean, because again, entrepreneurs are problem solvers. 
And so I always tell everyone it's not rocket science in some regards. It's what problem are you solving? And will people value it enough to pay enough that you can have profitability? And so, again, I've started many businesses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some have failed because the problem I thought was so great was really just mine. And then, thankfully, I've had one that's been very successful because it was a problem that was much bigger than me. And so I think it is, you know, why not jump in? It doesn't mean you have to quit your day job. Doesn't mean you have to go and try to get the loan or put your house on a line or anything like that. But at least, you know, I always say it's good to accumulate data and it's it's good to get facts. And so just and if we're not the right place and then we have amazing partners in our community that we can call and make connections for you with. But at the same time, it is just jump in and see um, and just see what, you know, what is this? Mm -hmm. I always called it with me when I when I left my, you know, career to do this. The way I described it is there was a seed inside of me and I kept trying to bury it and I kept trying to put dirt on it and it just kept sprouting. And so finally I got to the point, whether it was through faith (laughs) or a lot of contemplation, um, I got to the point where if I don't try this and then I'm going to live with the regret. And so I've got to see what that seed can become. Mm-hmm. Jane, and so I think mm-hmm. Jane Allen is the CEO of the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. She was joined by Yuri Kunza with the Nashville Area Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I want to thank you both for being with us. Really appreciate it. Shana Berkeley will stick with us through the break. When we come back, we'll talk with some local entrepreneurs and learn about their journey to starting and growing their own businesses. Are you an entrepreneur? What has your experience been like? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Kalona, and this is Nashville. Owning your own business takes a lot of hard work and dedication, but as we just heard, you don't have to do it alone. There are organizations in town that will help you take your idea to the next level. It just requires drive and long hours. But is being an entrepreneur about working around the clock? How do people take their idea and turn it into something that works for them? My next guests have done just that. Lamar Allen is owner of Lamarvelous Balloons, and Jeremy Lekich is owner, worker, and co-founder of Nashville Foodscapes. Lamar, Jeremy, thank you both for being here. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's an honor. So, Jeremy, tell us about Nashville Foodscapes. What services do you all offer? Yeah, so we are uh, a design-build landscaping company. We offer design, installation, and maintenance uh, with a focus on edible and ecological landscaping. So gardens, orchards, pollinator gardens. Um, we do hardscaping. Um, but really, our emphasis is, can you eat, and or, or is it feeding the greater ecosystem around us? Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, I understand that you started your business on your own, and you ran it as a sole proprietorship for years. But now you have a different business model. It's it, a worker-owned cooperative. What is the difference between that and a sole proprietorship? Um, you know, 
the the main difference is that I'm not the only owner anymore. Mm. Uh, and so I get to share the responsibility, um, share the headaches. Uh, <laughs> and um, a, a cooperative is a, a work uh, is a, a democratically controlled business where the, the so the profits are now shared amongst all the owners. So basically, I don't have sole power anymore to just make decisions as I want. And I don't have a sole uh, profit anymore. I have to sh it's shared amongst um, owners. Why did you make the decision to turn your business into a co-op? I basically wanted to be able to die and know that that work that I had started would continue on, that it wouldn't die with me. Um, that was kind of, you know, I, if I were to sum it up in one sentence, that would be it. Um, but more than that, it was really to create a shift because especially in landscaping, um, the, the kind of the standard has been for a while to exploit the workers, especially mm -hmm. immigrant workers. And so it was a chance to kind of um, make a shift in the way that uh, business, at least this type of business run. So these workers are now owners. What are the benefits of that model? Yeah, so um, there's a there, there is a clear and established pathway for a, for an employee to become an owner. Um, it's not like you just become an employee and you're an owner. So at National Foodscapes, after you're in the company for two years and you invest $1,000 and you're voted in by the other members, you then become uh, a member owner. And uh, the benefits are... Um, that you get profit sharing based on hours worked and you get um, an equal vote in all in decisions. So one person, one vote. What about any challenges? Uh, of the cooperative model? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, our first year as a cooperative was was it was rough, um, you know, because it's it's a it's pretty new, um, especially in this part of the country, in the northeast and in the west um, of the states. There's a lot more cooperative um, culture and entities. Um, but here it's it's pretty new. And so it, it's definitely a mindset shift for for even employees to say, hey, you're an owner now. You know, this is what it means mm -hmm. to think like an owner is it, it, and and to be an owner is it's, it's a shift. You're and an, so you're an owner now. You can't call in sick. <laughs> totally. Or if you do, you gotta you gotta make sure there's redundancies in place, yes, right? Yes, I understand. Now, Lamar, tell me about your business, Lamarvelous Balloons. Wonderful name, by uh, the way. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm Lamar Allen. I'm the owner of Lamarvelous Balloons, where it's our mandate to fascinate. Um, we're a Nashville-based balloon decorating company, uh, specializing in balloon decor. So whether it's a small, intimate, or private event. Uh, whether it's a baby shower or a birthday party uh, or a large corporate event uh, or something being hosted at a convention, a convention hall, uh, we can absolutely create unique and fascinating decor for that. So we're more so of a service providing um, type of company. I understand you started your business when you were in college, right? Yes, yes. What was that experience like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm a Fisk University alumnus. Okay. And uh, hey, class of 2017. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I was I got there as a freshman and kind of noticed that, you know, there was a dry market for balloon decor. At least I didn't see on campus, you know, um, other students using balloons as a way to celebrate. So uh, I said, hey, well, I have this talent, I, I, you know, being home in Detroit. Uh, let me go ahead and just kind of bring and usher this onto onto the campus. And it kind of just spread like a wildfire. Um, and we've been growing ever since. Now, did you have plans to develop the business after you graduated? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I did not. I actually, uh, when I graduated, uh, I had actually thought of, I'm just going to take a break from The Marvelous, right? Because I had just gotten an offer from a, a really great finance firm. I, you know, my background is in business admin and, uh, and management. So I said, I'll, I'll just kind of just keep The Marvelous to the side. But however, I kept getting phone calls um, from mm. clients like, hey, are you still doing balloons? We need decor here, um, especially from Fisk, actually. Uh, so I kind of just kept it going and just 
kept building it. Now, you're a graduate of corner, the Corner to Corner to Correct. program. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to seek out help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I say this all the time, there you can't scroll past on Facebook or Instagram without Shein and Shayna. Um, there are tons of like ads and marketing out there about the program. And, um, you know, I wanted to develop my business and kind of get a little more foundation uh, as far as like finances, uh, marketing, uh, finding that target client. Uh, so when I saw that that was something that they offered, I said, hey, well, this is a no-brainer. Let's sign up and let's do it. Happy that you did, huh? Absolutely. It's a great program. <laughs> now, Shana Berkeley with Corner to Corner is still with us. You help people start their own businesses, yes. but you also have one of your own. I do. What is it and how did you get started? Yeah, I'm the owner of The Fashion Chase. We help corporately creative women find and redefine their personal style. And the story of me getting started was I used to be a lawyer and I was a, a lawyer for the state of Tennessee and I was pretty young comparatively to my coworkers and at a different stage of life, I should say that. So married and kids, me, I'm just out of school for 20 years, right? You're trying to find that thing that I, I kind of let sit and wasn't really able to find my community at work, but I was working all the time. And so I started shopping a lot. I was always a shopper, but I had money then. So lawyer money <laughs> plus a shopping addiction is a whole different level. It's a different <laughs> game of shopping. And, and, and styling my clothes and really being intentional about where I would work. And so it went from people being like, what do you have on? And so then being interested, they'll stop by my office to see what I have on. They would share with me what they were wearing. And then I would get texts like, oh, my birthday's coming up or I'm renewing my vows. Can you help me find an outfit? So that was things I did for fun. I thought it could be a business. I, too, saw an ad about Corner to Corner, so I didn't found the Corner to Corner. Our founders are Tiffany and Will Acuff. And Mignon Francois was one of their early supporters, and she still is. And she had an ad talking about the program and thought it would be a good uh, option. So I enrolled in the program in 2017, took the class, volunteered, and then in 2019 came on staff full-time. And it has been a ride ever since. And I've been able to help scale that program from the three sites we had in 2019 to 12 sites that we currently have. And all through a pandemic and, and lots of different changes, a tornado. And it really was just a testament to the need in the community, how the market mm -hmm. really wanted it, and how we could build community around it. Because a business building program without the community really just isn't what we want. We really want Nashville to feel more like a neighborhood and less like this kind of microcosm of competition. Now, I have to say this radio, but I'm going to let the listeners know, <laughs> Shana's outfit is Thank absolutely you. on point Listen, and fabulous. I'm trying to bring in the nice weather, friends. I'm keeping I'm keeping it light. So we have a little springtime decor here. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. Oh, you brought springtime <laughs> decor right here to Studio A at WPLN. I'll tell you this. Now, how, how did Corner to Corner, how did it help you face any challenges that you were having with your business when you were in the classes? Yeah, so you have to remember, I have a, a doctorate degree. I have a terminal degree, so I understand good curriculum. And on some level, you know, you can naively think if people are listening and they have degrees and they even may have an MBA, that you know how to run a business. Well, you may know it intellectually. You may know it even legally from my standpoint from from law school, but you don't really know the intricacies of being all things to your business, as Jeremy was saying. Um, and so it's a different mindset. And so this program really helped me to understand who my ideal customer was. It wasn't just girls who like clothes. Mm -hmm. In the same way, it's not just people who are, have a hobby for Corner mm -hmm. to Corner as the uh, executive director, but it's people who are interested in doing the work 
And my job is to kind of say, let me do the legwork of understanding the resources that are in Nashville. But your job is to really apply that to your particular business. So how much do you charge? What is your mission statement? What even is a break even point? And how do you get there? How do you know when you're too deep in it and maybe you should pivot or you're almost there? Let's give it a couple more months. That's a science and an art that we teach our students at Corner to Corner that I learned going through the program and that we like to share with our neighbors who have business dreams and want to turn them into money-making realities. Now, Jeremy, I see you nodding your head. Is there anything that you wish you knew when you were starting out your business? I, you know, because I, I have mentored a few people and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, get a lockdown on the numbers, figure out, you know, how to, how to read a P&L, how to do a budget. Um, you know, I think because there's, there's so much power in understanding numbers yeah. and it allows you to make decisions and allows you to adapt. So I think I, I I definitely wish that um, from from the start I had had a good sense of of the numbers because I didn't study business. You know, I just mm-hmm. knew I liked to be outside. I loved plants, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't see another business like this. I guess I got to do it. Um, and so I kind of had to to go trial by fire. You know, so yeah. yeah, numbers. I think budgets are are key. Lamar, as somebody who's been through this, what would you say are the best practices for new entrepreneurs? as they're getting started. Yeah, yeah. So I I actually have to agree uh, with that point. So that was actually my favorite part of the program was understanding the financial, your financial landscape of your business. Um, So again, profit and loss, Um, you know, understanding that all of the money that your business makes is not necessarily yours, right? right? It's (laughs) your businesses. So, um, you know, understanding that I wish I would have known that first, right? And understanding that, you know, okay, well, we need to price correctly and that sort of thing. But uh, I would heavily, heavily encourage entrepreneurs to really get a hold of that. Now, if Jeremy, if somebody wanted to convert their business into a co-op, what advice would you give them? I would, um, I would uh, encourage them to reach out to the Southeast Center for Cooperative Development. They helped us um, to transition, and they've got, um, you know, a. a a pretty easy course that you can, that helps you to understand what that would look like. Um, and so that would be my first, you know, learn more about it, you know, because it's, it's, um, there's a lot to it. And, and the adage is once you get to know one cooperative, you've gotten to know one cooperative. So, you know, mm. they're each a little bit different. And so, you know, really, um, get to understand what it means to be a worker owned cooperative and then determine if it's, if it's the fit for you, you know, um, a lot of times, uh, retirees, it's a great model because they want to leave anyways. And instead of trying to find, you know, someone a person to buy, they can sell it to the employees that are already the most invested people they're going to find. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, when I go on social media, I see posts and videos of entrepreneurs. They're living it up. Vacations. Oh, yeah. Delicious meals. You know, it, it seems very, very easy <laughs> and a, like a very easy and desirable lifestyle. But as we know, not everything on social media is real. I I, I want to say that again for everybody in politics. (laughs) Not everything on social media is real. (laughs) But Shana, what are some of the most common misconceptions that people get about being a business owner? I'll give you the the flip side of that conversation, that some entrepreneurs, a lot of them hopefully, are able to take vacations and trips, and that it's a desirable lifestyle, but it may not be because of what you desire as a person. So if you desire um, freedom, entrepreneurship may be a great next step. If you desire to be able to go visit your family or go on trips or, or not have to call in, then that may be a great next step, but you also are taking on the burden of payroll and insurance and making sure you're pricing correctly and 
paying your taxes and all these other hats that you may not wear at your nine to five. You can do it, but you will need help understanding and re- being realistic about what that lifestyle looks like. Again, all the money that your business makes is not your personal funds. And so I would say if you're looking at social media and somebody's like, start a start an LLC, then go to the bank and get $30 million. Like that's, that's not true. That's not real. Um, that your personal credit or your personal, you know, history or budgeting is not important. That's also not real because who you are as a person for a lot of your business is necessary in making those, those conversations that you can just do whatever, whenever you sleep in, you, you go out, you're always on vacation. Also not true because you're actually running a business. And so it's kind of like raising a child. You know, you don't have your child just for little snippets of time. It's always, and even if your child's not with you, when you're on vacation, you're thinking about it. Is it happening? Did this invoice come in? Did this payment go through? Did my taxes come out? And so there's a balance that you can create on your own terms, but it's necessary for you to take action there. Lamar, what are, what do you want people to know about the realities of business ownership? Yeah, and it, to, to kind of speak back to the the social media stance, right? Social media has a way of glorifying a side of entrepreneurship that, you know, for example, someone who's probably been in business for about 10 years or 12 or whatnot, right? They've they are probably out on vacations or out doing what they want to do. But again, they've been doing it for years. Exactly. Whereas where if you're just now coming in, it's going to take a little more groundwork to get off the ground and get it running. Right. So um, it's not always glamorous, um, but I think that at least for me and with La Marvelous, right, it, it seems like it's a lot of work at times. But however, the the thing that makes me happy about it is that it's mine. Right. And I own it and it gives a sense of fulfillment. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. And, you know, so let's say yeah. a listener is considering starting their own business. Yeah. I want to see if you all can give like brief pep talks okay. of encouragement because you all have done it and you're on your way. Yeah. Jeremy, what's a pep talk you want to give to a listener? Uh, if you're if you want to start a business or you're going to start a business, do something that you're going to enjoy, mm-hmm. because there's so many times where it's like, I don't know if I can, you know, keep going on. But if it's something that you feel excited about, it, it just it makes for me, it makes all the difference that mm-hmm. that it that I was uh, figuring out a way to take something that I already loved and I was already passionate about and get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Shana, go go get it get it you could do it you could do it. That's my pep talk. I used to <laughs> uh, uh, used to be a cheerleader, but more more so than that, that there is a community in Nashville for however you self identify. If you identify as your primary language is Spanish and you would prefer to learn in that way, if you identify as somebody who want to enter into tech, which is a really challenging, there's somebody there for you. If you are somebody who says I have a business dream and I want to do this, I want to build generational wealth, I want to make friends, I want to know where I can go to see my people. Um, there's a place for you so that you have people around you who want to see you succeed. I had a um, a meeting on two days ago. And it was a community meeting at Black Town Hall and about 100 of the people who came were corner to corner. Some of them had on their t-shirts and they were classmates and so it was. It always feels like a family reunion with corner to corner because somebody in the room has been through the program or, or knows us and so know that you can do it and you're never alone and here at Corner to Corner at least we want to help you do that. I want to thank my guests. Shana Berkeley, Executive Director of Corner to Corner. Jeremy Leckich, co-founder of Nashville Foodscapes and Lamar Allen, owner of Lamar Villas Balloons. Thanks to you all for being with us thank today. You. Really appreciate thank it. You. Pleasure. And thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Magnolia McKay and yours truly. Our senior producer is Steve Harouche. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tutto. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Nam- 
Premier Blade. Special thanks to Rosemary Liger, Riger, pardon me, and Benny Overton. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. The conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville and find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody, and be good to each other.